Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Drew Blevins and Nick Sinopoli. A hearty hello and welcome to the Inside the Studios, the West Dunn Building. This is The Howler. You're about to be given the state of Wolfpack Athletics. It's going to be a little bit of flying solo, three stooges. Myself, alongside of my two co-hosts, will be rolling along with you today. Nick Sinopoli over here and Ethan Berry over here as well. Gentlemen, no interviews, so it is going to be unbridled NC State athletic coverage passion here. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, uh-oh is exactly right. I, I never know what to expect when I get the three of us in a room together. And I do say the three stooges, and I'm, I'm completely serious. I mean, this is this is like Wolfpack late night is what this is because we, we've, been just, we, we've just been sort of clowning around here, just, you know, having a good time, and, and now we're ready to get things on the road. But I think, I think the best place to jump in right now is to remind everybody we didn't have a show last week. We are going to be back on our weekly schedule coming up here very shortly. Amanda Boland of the women's club soccer team will join us next week, and we'll be back to a little more moderated schedule here. But we do have a howler coming out this week. It's the one you're listening to right now, obviously. But we do have to go back a little ways and talk about some athletic events that happened in the past two weeks instead of just the week before. And we're going to start on the gridiron, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, the North Carolina State Wolfpack, downed by the East Carolina Pirates, 33-30 in a close football game. Nick, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. This was a tight football game. Ostensibly, NC State had this in the bag, having a lead in the fourth quarter. Could not hold it. Your general impressions of the game? It was a heartbreaker, Drew. I mean... Watching that as a fan and, you know, as an analyst, I just was very shocked that NC State just didn't make, you know, capitalize on their opportunities they were given. I mean, I understand that going into a hostile environment like Greenville, I wasn't surprised that ECU jumped out ahead in the first half. But the way the, how hard it took them to come back and then to lose that in the end, I mean... The two missed field goals by Connor Haskins stick out to me, but it's a heartbreaker. It, it's a heartbreaker. It's it's probably Dave Doran's first heartbreaker, I would say, in his fourth year, right? I mean, has there any any other game that's just absolutely ripped your heart out? Uh, no, there there have been a few close football games. All all the losses ripped. My I mean, heart even out. his first year, the North Carolina loss. True Wolf what was it? Twenty nine, twenty one, something like that. Close football game against Chapel Hill. That here wasn't in to Raleigh. this degree. But, this is like well, talking about this is like ripping off a scab that it kind of healed. This is ripping off the scab Well, right I guess it hurts a little bit more considering, I mean, we're, we're digging up technically old news, but I think the thing for me was what really did NC State in, once again, was a quarterback who was mobile outside of the pocket, and that was James Summers. James Summers, two rushing touchdowns from the quarterback position. Ethan, he seemed to be the big guy in that football game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he... He made the plays when he, when when the Pirates needed him to make a play. He was the guy that they turned to, and he capitalized on the weakness of the Wolfpack, which it seems like it has been tackling for the longest time. And on that, what was it, a fifteen yard touchdown run or something? He must have broke four or five tackles. We had him. I think we had him wrapped up twice. I, and, I and know. He, looking he, back at that replay, it was four tackles broken. Minimum, yeah, and three wrap up, and then he he carry guys into the end yeah. zone with him. I mean that was uh, give him some credit, but I mean that 
he's got you got to make the play there. You got to. And um, he he was a big difference. You know, Philip Nelson played well, but he was not the reason they won. He, I mean, he did his job, but he didn't push them over the top like Summers did. You knew coming into the football game you were going to have to deal with Zay Jones and Quay Johnson. You did not expect to have to deal with Jimmy Williams. He seemed to be one of those big receivers who exploded with the throwing of Philip Nelson. Alternatively, though, NC State's offense didn't necessarily have a bad game, Nick Sinopoli. I mean, at the end of the day, you still put up 30 points on the scoreboard. Normally, against any non-Power 5 team, that's going to be enough to win for the NC State Wolfpack. But two fumbles, two missed field goals, a fake field goal that turns out atrociously. one, One fumble, I think. One fumble that we lost, anyway. Oh, no, there were two fumbles. Surely there were, because Days fumbled one, and then, then we got back. Braylon Cherry also fumbled. Cherry Cherry is the one that we lost. I don't think Days fumbled. Days fumbled in the old Dominion I, I game. Is that what you're you thinking? It may be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we ago. won the turnover but, battle 2-1. But, two but to one. Not, nonetheless, there were still some mistakes made, more special teams-oriented than offense-oriented. Your thoughts on what happened on what's typically the scoring side of the football? For me... The the pers- the team who wins the game is the one who wins the turn on- turnover battle. And I know that this for this game it wasn't the case, but still NC State came in as the superior team. And, but- and I thought they were playing as the smarter team, but it's, I go back to it. It's just missed opportunities. Missed field goals count as turnovers in my book. Oh, I, I, I agree definitely agree. And- so, I, mean, I mean, if we're talking that, that's three turnovers. So- Four if you include the fake. Uh, the fake field goal again. There you go. They went three for three on fourth downs and had two turnovers. We missed three field goals and had one turnovers. So, I mean, for me, Drew, it's con- constant missed opportunities. You know, thir- 30 points in the NFL might win you a game, but in college football, defenses aren't as superior as they right. used I to mean, be. Right, I mean, 30 is a nice performance, but, I mean, that's not going to get. And we're not getting – they're not getting enough pressure to the quarterback. I, I I think that's how it's been for NC State the past couple of years. They're not finishing the job. They're not finishing there, but the they're ground. not – they're not getting sacks. It's it's the it's, simple things, you know. When you separate from upper echelon teams, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, you know, currently the Louisville, Louisville, it, it's the, it's the simple mechanics, wrapping up, doing your job, right. And and that's that's what we didn't do. That's why we're that's why we're a mediocre football team and mediocre program right now, which obviously everybody wants to break out of, and we'll have a couple opportunities to show some progress this year, but. Um, it's just some of the basic plays that we don't make is what is what separates Clemson and Florida State and Louisville and the other teams at the top of the ACC. I guess those are the three. Those are the ones that separate them from us. And, and I would agree with that. I think NC State is on the precipice of being able to do something good. Is it going to be Dave Dorn at the helm? I think that remains to be seen for the time being. North Carolina State gave a good effort in that football game. You do look at the fake field goals being the turning point, and Ethan, you had remarked on it earlier and perhaps off air. That was really where East Carolina that was where that the game was the turning that was the, point. That was the turning point. Being on the field, it felt to me like the game was over. The first half went exactly how I thought it was going to happen. They went out to a big lead. We came back, showed that we were the better team. We had the lead at halftime, and then we came out, forced a three and out, and it looked like we had taken over the game. We come, we come up, we drive down the field. Go for the fake field goal when we should have just taken the points. And that got the ECU crowd back into it. And that is where, excuse me, they were able, 
The crowd got re got re excited. What kind of word is that? They got excited. <laughs> they got again. It's all right. It's late. That's for sure. Re energized. They got back into the game, and the, and the ECU football team was g- given second life essentially. And when I when I felt like the game was over, the fake field goal was able to get them back in the game. Yeah, you have no argument from me there. I also think that we don't need to overshadow the fact that East Carolina marched down the field in the fourth quarter with relative ease, scoring with. Right. Just about six minutes to go in that football game. NC State gets the ball twice. And what everybody forgets is this is only a three-point win for East Carolina. Let's not forget that the ball goes over the middle from Ryan Finley to the edge of field goal range, and nobody takes any, nobody slides in open space with three seconds to go. NC State got a little ahead of themselves trying to make the big play for the win instead of going for the tie. That, that's a lot of what-ifs. The ball game should not have gotten to that point, in my opinion. It should have been wrapped up by the middle of the fourth quarter, most likely going in red and white's favor. But looking at this game from a larger perspective as our final thoughts here, Dave Doran drops a game to an in-state rival, an in-state rival that nobody wants to lose to because East Carolina is not a Power 5 team. They are a very, very good football team in the American Athletic Conference, possibly perennial favorites to win the American if you don't have Houston stuck there. Yeah, Houston will probably move up in a a year or two. And Houston deserves to, but this is one that Dave Doran took a lot of heat for in the week that followed. Is it deserved heat? I think rightfully so, because the turning point, of the season was going to be this game. Maybe not the turning point, but the defining moment. You're either a five and seven football team or you're a possible eight and four football team. And you're making a good bowl. If you ask me, um, yeah, I I don't think they will be, I I have hope for them. I I don't, I don't want to say they will be in a five and seven team. Maybe they learned for it. They looked good against old dominion, but right now I don't see, them knocking off anyone big like Notre Dame or Florida State. I see him as a 5-7 and seven team, Ethan. I, I mean, he's got a chance to make up for it. I I don't think right now it's a defining moment. And if we do go 5-7 and seven, like you say, which I'm tempted to agree with, even though I really don't want to. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's tough. But if, five and if, seven. We, if we were to go 5-7, and seven, this will be what everybody remembers. Nobody will remember losing to Notre Dame, Florida State, whoever else. Everybody will remember losing to ECU. However... If we are able to knock off Florida State, Notre Dame, even UNC or Miami, UNC on the road, obviously, then that would then become the defining moment, and that would be Dave. One of those wins would be Dave Doran's signature win, which is what everybody would remember. If that were to happen, I feel like everybody would forgive Dave Doran for now for the ECU loss, and ECU can go back to bragging about their Super Bowl win, and we'll be bragging about beating, you know, top ten teams. And and that's all fine and good. This is a loss right now that is going to really hurt Dave Doran's chances of being a longer-term coach of this NC State football team. And, and that might be harsh, but I, I think that, that that's the reality of it. He's He is still under five hundred as the head coach at NC State. He is still yet to beat a football team that at the end of the season has finished five hundred or better. In fact, the best team record-wise he has beaten – was North Carolina 35-7 at Chapel Hill okay, two but, years ago. But to me, the ECU is not a signature win. Like, are we going to look back? If it's Dave a Dorn... rivalry win. It See, is a I rivalry win. I, I would rather beat Florida State, Clemson, 
I would rather beat just about every single team in the ACC than ECU. Well, and ACC games matter more because they're in conference. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is still an important football it is game. A, Drew has a point. It is a rivalry game. You know, you go go into Carter-Finley, no one really expects State to pull that out. But if it's a UNC, a Duke, or an ECU, they're expected to win. It's a, it's a rival game. I know that State fans might not consider a rival game. Dave Doran didn't seem to. But I don't. Between well, ECU and State, it is a rivalry game. They don't even take basketball seriously. How are they supposed to be our rival? I and tell you football. exactly how they're supposed to be our rival because that is a team that has more passion and more adrenaline to win a football game against an in-state opponent than NC State does. That's, I thought the biggest. I knew NC State was in trouble as soon as their head coach went out and devalued and diminutized that East Carolina football team because when you've got a guy at the helm who isn't willing to admit it's a big football game and you've got somebody that clueless coming into the state of North Carolina not understanding how much passion goes into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, how much passion East Carolina has for their football team, how much money goes into that East Carolina football team, not to mention that there's a football coach that is leading the East Carolina Pirates who's already beaten Dave Dorn and is 2-3 and three in his coaching career against NC State and you don't want to talk about the importance of that football game, that's bothersome and then you can't even back up your words east carolina goes out and beats you and then you want to sit back on it no you can't do that all i'm saying is is for them to consider if it's for us to consider them a rival they can't take one sport seriously there's no doubt that it's a football rival okay if you ask me drew has a point he has a point but look look at okay look at doran now look at ECU. I know ECU is all rowdy because that's the only thing they've got that's the only thing they've got is football but, That's my point. Is, but Drew, listen. I'm Ethan. NC State. I'm mean, sorry, Ethan. <laughs> NC State is a basketball school, but they don't know it. They think they're a football school, and they're not. They're a basketball no, school. But, nobody here thinks we're a football school. You'd be surprised. Over the, over the past ten years, the football team has historically performed better than the mm. basketball team. Historically, yes, in bowl games. I mean, if you ask me, I think it's a basketball school. But that's not the problem. Dave Doran doesn't show as much passion for football as other coaches see, and as much as I'd like to see, at least. I mean, I I don't go to ECU, you know. I don't I don't care for or you know hate ECU, but they have a heck of an atmosphere out there, and you have to respect they do, that. They do. I'll, my point is, first of all, for for me to consider ECU a rivalry, they need to take a serious take basketball seriously, and in addition. Everybody will forget the ECU loss if we beat. They will never I, forget. They I, will never forget this win. But just, if we beat Florida State or Notre Dame, nobody's going to remember the ECU loss. Maybe a few people will be will be. Picky, I'll tell you, it could it could be the difference between going to a tier two or a tier one bowl game. That's not going to. It, gonna it could be the difference between going or not going to a football bowl game. And I don't know how you can sit here and say East Carolina doesn't take basketball seriously they don't. when they've got Minji's Coliseum that is continually growing, and that's a basketball team led by Jeff Lebo that only lost to the North Carolina Tar Heels by four, who is the best basketball program in the state of North Carolina. Ooh, I don't know, whoa, I don't know how out. you can say that. Time okay. out. We're, we're not, take a we're lap. Not, we're take... not, not going to discuss that Go. right now. It's no. A Duke, but... I, no. Well, that, that would that would be a fair statement as well. But I mean h- historically North Carolina Gosh, has always been here. the basketball powerhouse. We're not we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, you're completely we, we wrong. Are, we are going to translate our discussion though into the most recent week of football against the old Dominion Monarchs. 
Again, it is a slow start to this football game. NC State's only up 7-3, to including an uncharacteristic turnover right on the edge of Old Dominion's red zone in the first quarter. Defense holds the Monarchs to a field goal. Not a bad stand. And then NC State ends up sweeping up the rest of the mess, cleanly taking care of Old Dominion. Is there anything notable that happened in that game to remark about other than the fact that there was a slow start and NC State was able to overcome? No. Just plain and simple as that? Nope. Next no. We've played, absolutely nothing? We've played the same game six times the last two years. It's literally been the same exact game every time, and I have nothing to say about it. We beat them by four touchdowns. I was never worried. I was bored the whole game. That's it. Wow. Hot take from Ethan Barry. Yep. Um, I mean, here. I agree with Ethan, but on the other side of the spectrum, a more positive outlook, I guess. I'd say that, yeah, losing ECU sucked, but it was a nice confidence booster. I mean, I don't think it boosted anybody's confidence. I just think that. I, 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 I honestly, I really don't think it did. I mean, I don't for, think... for the fans' perspective, I totally agree, but I think that. State got the right players involved. They they involved Jalen McClendon, which is surprised. Revive that was that was nice to see. Yeah. Nice to see, right? Um, I mean, Finley got off to a hot, uh, to a good start. I mean, on Pro fo- Football Focus, he's the third, third ranked yep. quarterback in the ACC. That's crazy, and ahead of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and the Clemson Tigers have not had an excellent start. They have to not, football and, season, and to be fair, and here's and that's a good point, Drew. Let me lead into that. Look at the people Clemson's played. They've had a tough time getting past them, and they're and and they're a bunch of cakewalks. You I think mean, even, for someone even like Auburn, Clemson, even, even Auburn, Auburn, even exactly. Auburn was tough. And you know, I mean, Auburn is a and Auburn. If they had been a better Auburn team, and perhaps if they had had a single player at quarterback, that's a football game. The Auburn Tigers win nine times out of yeah, ten Clemson the way Clemson played. Oh yes, Clemson but, didn't look but, good, and that and that's the thing. That once you see Clemson struggle against small teams like that, and you see NCU pull out a win against Old Dominion, NCSU, yes. we're not North Carolina University. Did I say North Carolina? You uh, said NCU. Excuse me. So NCSU beat Old Dominion. It's, I think it's comforting for the football players to know that you know the season's not over. They had they can bounce back. They can get a win on Notre Dame. Excuse me against Wake Forest and then lead into Notre Dame. I, I would agree with everything you just said, Nick. I think for the football players, I'm a pretty smart guy. Any, any anytime you Smartest get a W up on the schedule column, it's important. And, See, and you're, I, al- you're always building a win's a win. A win. I just think a- people are sick Boom. of playing Old Dominion, William and Mary, that's, South Alabama. That's not the discussion right now. The discussion is the importance of the victory in the large scale, grand scheme of things. This is not an important victory because it's not an important team. At all. But when it comes to this season and looking at the remaining schedule, any win helps toward getting to a bowl game. Any win helps toward building up possible rankings. Any win helps toward building oh, we got, confidence. We got a long way to go. We got a long way for ranking rankings. Keep in mind. Let's get first keep, things keep first in mind. Keep in mind. Before the East Carolina loss, NC State was receiving votes. Well, that, that really yes. yes, and then we lost ECU. How many votes? A, Seven. a decent amount. Wow. But look at my. This is my shocked face. Wow. We're on radio, my man. Nobody can see your face. I know. He was pretty joke. shocked. I was pretty shocked. But I almost jumped out of my chair. The 
I just I'm I'm done with Old Dominion. I just it's, Old Dominion, South Alabama. I can't even remember the rest of the teams we played. That's how insignificant they are. I just William and Mary. Oh, what was the other one? I can't. Troy, even, boom. Troy, I Eastern just, Kentucky. Eastern Richmond. Kentucky, exactly. Not oh, in, not Eastern Kentucky was a, I, not I, interested that was a good anymore. Ball game. And, and th- we're we're not going to open up the discourse on the schedule quite yet. At least I don't want to open up that discourse until we get to the Notre Dame game and the the weirdness that is their alignment specifically with the ACC and how they get away with playing a quasi-conference schedule. It, it, it's irrelevant at this point. This is all of college football. This is the way it works. Everybody likes to get free victories. For NC State, it's two free victories on the schedule this year. East Carolina is not a freebie. Notre Dame counts as a non-conference game. That's certainly not a freebie. But NC State takes care of business, and I think that's that's what you have to take away from this football game. At the end of the day, State gets another win, and, and you just got to leave right. it at that. I mean, yeah, we got another win against a completely irrelevant team who people are tired of seeing. And uh, one thing I would like to mention about the game, a couple of uh, injuries I think that we need to keep an eye on. Naheem Hines did not play in the game. Um, Jay believe Sam's in a boot. Jay Sam is in a boot, potentially. It could be a sprained ankle, I have heard. Um, Naheem, per sources. Per sources, exactly. <laughs> Naheem, I, like I said, precautionary reasons. I think that if it had been an ACC game, he would have played. Jay Sam, if it is a sprained ankle, he should be good to go in two weeks, but that is something to keep an eye on because everything is different. So hopefully those two guys will be ready to go for Wake Forest. Entries are a critical thing to look at, and I think that's also the importance of having the bye week this week for NC State. You get the week off. You get to watch the rest of the ACC. A lot of non-conference games coming up once again before you hit ACC conference play. But I do want to transition from the injury talk, and, and we will have a lot more on that on our next episode of The Howler. But looking forward to that Wake Forest game, Nick Sinopoli, because the Wake Forest Demon Deacons sit at 3-0 and right now. They're going to play the Indiana Hoosiers, chance to go 4-0. and That could be an undefeated Demon Deacon football team with a confident young head coach in Dave Clawson coming to Carter-Finley where they haven't had the most success in the world. They're going to come in, and they will have a comparable record to NC State for the first time in a while. I'm honestly a little shocked that Wake is doing decent. And, I mean, and not only that, they have beaten all FBS teams. They haven't played an FCS opponent yet. Who, though? Well, Tulane I mean, was one of them. Delaware? Nah. Duke. I they mean, did beat Duke. Three. They did beat Duke in the ACC. What's in up with Duke? Two. Well, Thomas Sirk's injured. They, that's they, true. They have no quarterback for yeah, the end that's, of the year. That's true. Can, can, Sorry. It is like trying to wrangle a herd of rabid rabbits. Hey, I'm tired. Boing, 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 boing. Yeah, but going into the Wake Forest game, sorry about that, it's good to see that they're doing well, not going to lie. I mean, they haven't had success in the past, to be honest. I don't think they will have success against the Wolfpack, but I like their run game so far. Cade Carney against Tulane, three touchdowns, 136 yards rushing. Isn't he a freshman, too? He's a fresh, true freshman. Actually, You're not went thinking to my of the right game, my man. Against Tulane. No, Tulane Duke. was a 7-3. Duke, yeah, the Duke, Duke, the Duke, Duke. Sorry game was, was impressive by Wake Forest, and that's beating a David Cutcliffe coach team. Granted, without Thomas Sirk, the defense does their job holding Duke to only 14 points in a 28-14 victory for the Demon Deacons. 
I don't think it's a fair comparison to compare NC State to Duke. I think in this particular year, Thomas Sirk's absence is tremendous in what it means to that Duke football team is now they're just going to struggle to make it into bowl season. Still a well-coached football team. NC State, though, always plays well against Wake Forest here right. at Carter-Finley Stadium, but they broke the curse of BB&T Field last year. The Wolfpack did. Does this worry you that Wake Forest could have a little bit of retribution on it, their mind? Nope. No, the retribution doesn't bother me at all. Um, I think Wake Forest is not a team where we're just going to be able to show up and win by three or four touchdowns. This is a game we're going to have to earn. If we if we are looking past them and looking towards Notre Dame, we could pay the price. You know, even if it's just early in the game, you know, we 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 could make the fans suffer a little bit, which we've suffered enough. So let's not let that happen. Uh, they will be without their quarterback, I do believe. I don't know if that's a guarantee, but I think they said two to four weeks. So it seems unlikely that he will play. Even still, you have a Wake Forest team that could potentially be 4-0. Um, so it, it's not something that we can look past, but that being said, coming off of a bye, I, th- I think that this is a game that the pack should be able to handle relatively easily. And everybody's going to be a long way, I think, from picking Wake Forest against NC State, especially considering the game is in Raleigh. But I, I agree with you, Ethan. I think this is a football game that you cannot overlook. You can't gloss over and look forward to the big celebration game against Notre Dame. You've got to go out there and you've got to earn it. Ryan Finley remarked that preparation started for Wake Forest the Sunday after the win against Old Dominion, and that's very You true. can't tell me that they didn't start preparing during the Old Dominion game. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> well, During the, the week of the Old Dominion game, I should say. The, the <laughs> focus, you know, you're slamming Old Dominion right now. Did everybody forget that Ray Laurie rushed for over 100 yards two years ago yes, and I NC did, State only beat him by ago. nine? I did forget that, yes. You thank, know, you, thank you for your reminder. <laughs> anyway, it's busier late. than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest trying to restore order over here. That's late. <laughs> but, but let's be honest here. This is still a rivalry football game. No, Nobody really wants to count Wake Forest as NC State's rival. They're in the same boat as East Carolina. But this this uh, is it's the ACC that may be that 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 might, might be on be. the same level, but a different boat. Wake Forest, this is I believe the 109th straight meeting between these two teams. This is a big one for Wake Forest. This is one they really want to really want to take. It's an opportunity I think that they look at and say, hey, we can we can get this game. We we can go in there and shock them, and that can be our best win of the season, and we can get towards closer to a bowl. I Undoubtedly think. so, because then. They could only be looking at one more conference win to be bowl eligible if they take care of business against Indiana. No slouch of a football team over there for the Hoosiers, but certainly they would have a better chance beating them than competing in the Atlantic Division, which seems to be a three-way toss-up between Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville right now. You could probably have three teams in the playoff out of the Atlantic Division. Quite possibly, but that's a discussion for a different day. We are going to move on now. We've talked about American football for a while. We are going to talk about the European style of football. And we're going to start with the biggest win in NC State soccer Huge win. In, in quite some time as the women's team not only beats the North Carolina Tar Heels, ranked number 7th, but they went to Chapel Hill and beat the North Carolina Tar right. Heels, who are ranked 7th. That is a big step forward for Kelly Findley and uh, Tim Santoro and company, pardon me, that is one that you can really hang your hat on as this women's soccer team tries to continue to all of a sudden be competitive. Yeah, it's incredible to see that. I mean, it gets a lot of more attention to the sport. I mean, soccer instead isn't the biggest thing. I mean, we, they've done well in the past, but they looked good against UNC. I mean, 
I was happily surprised that they performed that well. I knew that it was going to be a battle going into Chapel Hill. I honestly thought the uh, they were going to hang in no matter what. I didn't I didn't see them coming out of the wind, but they went there and got the job done. It's a proof of progress, is what it is in, in my book. And and wow, and, deep words. Thank you. Um, Edumacation. Um, it, it it shows what the progress that has been made by by Coach Santorum and. You know, this is something to hang your hat on. You know, <laughs> going back to football, this is the kind of win that Dave Dorn needs, I think. Um, but it, it's a great win, and it's even better, I think, that it comes against your arch rival, undoubtedly the biggest rival, and no, nobody can uh, debate that. And that, and on top of that, they're a top ten team. So you know, what more? What more can you ask for? This this can show you fans. This can get the support of the fans. The the players will say, "Hey, look, you know, we we can hang with anybody in the country." I think the impressive thing is to me is this is a women's soccer team that has been just glossed over in Raleigh for the past two years. It, they were a decent team my freshman year three years ago. They were atrocious my sophomore year. They were palatable last year, including a win against Oregon. But now you're looking at a women's soccer club that after this win, it would appear the sky's the limit. Even if that is the best effort of the season, it is going to be a lot of fun to watch the way this team takes this win and runs with it. Because we'll see if they can build on it. Well, that, undoubtedly, that's, that's the, the ACC is the strongest conference in collegiate soccer, men's or women's. Right. And NC State just took down one of the better programs in the ACC. And, and there are going to be stretches that are tougher. Wake Forest. It's not the best. Well, historically, I would agree with you. But you've got Wake Forest, Clemson, and Duke, more top 10 teams in the ACC, all on your schedule. And the thing is, if you go 500 in the ACC and you're not bringing home a lot of draws, that might be good enough to get you into the Women's College Cup somewhere where this women's soccer team would really like to find themselves. Men's team, no slouch either, took a 3-1 win over Liberty. They're about to start up and into the middle of ACC They've play as well. They've got a lot well. to prove, I think. Well, this was a men's team last year that ended up taking home five draws and was just on the outside looking into the College Cup. And we had talked to Kelly Finley in our last episode. He firmly believed that that was a team that could have done something had they made the College Cup tournament. My question to you guys is, and I really want to hear you battle this out, is NC State starting to become relevant again in the realm of soccer? Or are we blowing this out of proportions right now after only one victory and a decent season from the men last year? I, I think it's somewhere in, in somewhere in the middle. You need you need a little bit of consistency. You can't just say, "Hey, one win." You know, look at us. We're we're nationally relevant again, or even, you know, relevant in the ACC. I think you need to build upon it. If if you beat North Carolina and then struggle the rest of the way, I don't. It's still nice to to have that notch on your belt, but it, you got to become more consistent. NC State has not been a a big school for soccer in a while and they need to rebuild the brand and this win will help do that if they can build on it if they don't build on it it's not it's still a nice win but you know you're you're almost back at square one it seems yeah you're almost in danger of north carolina and the rest of the acc looking and going no oh, that was a fluke no I, I honestly i see this as the start of something pretty good i I don't know how many more big wins State will pick up this year, but this was a statement game for sure against Chapel Hill going down there. It's a big rivalry for them, and heck, they're the seventh 
ranked team in the nation. I think they pull out another a couple more big wins, and I think they make the tournament, Drew. I, I mean, the College Cup, yeah. I, most certainly, especially if you're able to pull off ranked wins. And, again, the ACC yearly, if you make the ACC soccer tournament, you should be making the NCAA College Cup. It's as plain and simple as that. And, Ethan, you, you would resonate with this. It's very similar to the baseball tournament in the ACC, where this year it is a loaded conference with talent. You made the tournament, and you made the big boy tournament as well. It's the same, I mean, you same could thing. Even, you could even miss the ACC tournament in baseball and make the well, NCAA and, tournament. And I believe that happened two years ago. That's the crazy thing about it is all of a sudden, maybe NC State is inserting their brand name right back into the conversation for collegiate soccer. And while we will end our discourse on soccer right there, because there are a few more things we have to get to in this loaded second episode of The Howler, soccer, soccer is impacted by this because the NCAA tournament site has used Cary, North Carolina as a site of competition. USA Baseball Complex has been the site for the Division II World Series. Greensboro, North Carolina was slated to host rounds one and two of the NCAA tournament. And, of course, all of that has been thrown out by the NCAA after the controversial House Bill 2 that has been upheld. And a lot of this discourse now, there are politics involved. And I don't want to get political in this discussion. Regardless of what your beliefs are, it is undeniable the impact that this decision by the NCAA, upheld by the ACC, who has since removed I don't the think football it's champion. Is the word you're looking well, for. Well, it's, we it's corroborated. It, it is certainly supported the by ACC the ACC. The ACC did the same thing, right. They will move their football championship game out of Charlotte. It's a big loss. It, it's huge. It's and big and loss that's for Bank of America, the, 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 the impact of this decision by the NCAA has a ripple effect that touches Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Durham, Wake Forest, all across the state of Charlotte, North Carolina. Greensboro. Exactly. The list goes on and on. I, I want to get your take on this decision by the NCAA, and I want to understand from your perspective what the impact of this decision is. It's disappointing as a fan. Personally for me, living in the area, going to the ACC baseball tournament is something I look forward to every year. I think I've, I've been to at least one game every single year since um, – Carlos Rodon and Trey Turner were freshmen. And so it's disappointing. Won't be able to go this year. And um, Well, and to put that in perspective, that was quite some time because both of them are major leaguers now. Exactly. And doing quite well, we should add. Um, but it's disappointing. It, it doesn't we've, – we've done a great job of hosting. The ACC headquarters are in Greensboro, I do believe. And, you know, North Carolina has always felt like the center of the ACC – and to to have this these events taken away, it it's tough. We don't have professional sports around here. We have the Panthers down in Charlotte, and that's really it. The Hurricanes are in Raleigh, but they don't have a huge following. College sports is what it's about in North Carolina, and Charlotte Hornets. It's Charlotte Hornets as well, and uh, and they had the uh, NBA All Star game ta- taken away exactly, from them. Exactly, and but my my point being, it's a college sports state, and to lose lose these these big events is tough, and. It's not good for the teams. I mean, it's it's an advantage for us as as state fans playing the ACC baseball in Durham. It's an advantage for us. There's no doubt about it. It's an advantage for Duke. It's an advantage for Carolina. And 
in Charlotte, it's an advantage for Clemson, and now it's not going to be anymore. So it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow as a fan. I'm going to be honest. I could care less if we have the Belk Bowl in Charlotte. I mean, well, to be honest, it, so uh, far, if you ask me, the Belk Bowl hasn't been pulled. That's the amazing oh, thing. Okay, right if now. you ask me, it's only a matter of time before it gets pulled. I mean, if the NCAA took away the turn, the if the NCAA took the you know March Madness, I don't think that's the NCAA's decision though. The bowl game. I mean, yeah, it depends if be. they have a contract with Bank of America, which they probably do. But um, I would not be surprised if that contract's revoked or something's worked out there. But, but they having have a, having NCAA basketball tournament games taken away from NC State and I mean not NC State and North Carolina is huge. If you ask me, basketball is a lot bigger. For me, at least, well, uh, yeah. it's and, my and here's, opinion. Here's the thing you look at. If Duke is ranked high enough, because Duke has a very good preseason basketball team going into things, if NC State is ranked high enough, those you, teams are probably going to play in Greensboro. You could have had two out of the three local teams playing in Greensboro. I don't know if it's possible at to least. have all three. Uh, I don't, yeah, probably I don't not. think yeah, it's no possible. No way UNC and, and, would play. Well, no, no, I'm no, just saying that, I don't think it's logistic. It's, it's the highest two of the three, I would imagine. It's not logistically possible. But yeah, I, I mean, two out of the three teams would have been there in, in my belief. And now, obviously, we're gonna have to travel. It depends, obviously, where we'll have to travel to. But that could hurt. You know, it could be, you know, probably the farthest would be, you know, somewhere in Virginia for the and Cavaliers. But still, I mean, that's huge. My moment on the mic will be remarked as this, and this firmly. You've had a lot of moments. Well, thank you. <laughs> this this firmly stays away from politics, based on a sporting decision solely. This is where this is disappointing to me. North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke, and Wake Forest are all charter members of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Not only that, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Duke Why are you using the full names? have all won basketball national titles. North Carolina and Duke and NC State, for that matter, have all played in major college football games. This is a state that revolves around collegiate athletics, as you've said. This is oh, a serious sorry, point, he's, This is a serious point. I mean, he's point. only taking 10 years. <laughs> Go ahead. It's a serious point that the NCAA is jeopardizing one of its most influential states in collegiate athletics and not honoring the history of college sports by giving them these events or letting these events stay there. Well, I, I, I understand. I, I, like, I, I know you're taking an opposing view here, and I like it. Keep going. I, under, I understand that in the name of inclusion <laughs> and in the name of acceptance of what some might consider alternative lifestyles, the NCAA wants to take a stand in what they believe is the moral right. I understand that. But there has to be a better way than taking events out of a state that has historically hosted them and hosted them arguably better than any other state in the union. Here's the statistic for you. North Carolina is now on a list only joined by the state of Mississippi that is not allowed to host predetermined NCAA events. To me, the question is, will we be able to get them back? If the if now, if HB two is changed, will we be able to get them back? Obviously, we won't be able to get them back for this year because they'll be assigned to different sites. And I, I think that goes to that's my worry. That's that goes to a political discussion because if this battle does get fought in the courts and the courts determine that it's an unconstitutional law, 
then it's obviously going to be revoked. And then in that case, I think North Carolina does not receive those events back because North Carolina did not take the parallel stance with the NCAA and the ACC. Alternatively, should there be a change of heart in the state, I do think you look at that. But Pat McCrory as governor and the governing bodies of North Carolina are so firmly entrenched in their beliefs and their positions, regardless whether or not you think that is the moral right or moral wrong, you cannot deny that both sides are so firmly entrenched in their own opinions. At the end of the day, and again, this is not liberal conservative, this is not Republican Democrat, this is the culture of sports right now, what you have to acknowledge it there, there is a large impact that has been placed on this state by removing the number of events, the magnitude of events, and it spans beyond sports. North Carolina deserves to be lauded for the way it handles its collegiate athletics. There's no denying that, but it's also making an economic impact on the state, and it, it is disappointing that all of a sudden politics and political correctness has infiltrated the world of sports and all of a sudden is striking so close to home. I, I, I mean, I agree. I just, I'm just, honestly, I'm just glad that we didn't lose the ability to host baseball regionals and super regionals. That was a big well, fear of mine. Not non, Non-predetermined event. I, no, 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 I, we can't, they can't take that away. It's it's a non-predetermined event, which which is ecstatic to see. And I think for, for teams that do have the chance to host their regional play, you only look at it being that much more important and that many more people will come out to support it. But we are going to end on a high note. And, and again, believe me when I say this, I, I steer firmly away from talking politics on a sports podcast, but the impacts of HB2, the NCAA, and the ACC decisions, you can have a civil discourse about those, firmly keeping it in the realm of sports and the impact it has on the teams. You know, North Carolina's had a rough year, haven't they? I mean, well, I, like I know with, where I, this is going. I know exactly where this is going. I mean, when you're talking about let's let's start at the beginning. Let let's start in February. Oh, uh, Carolina Panthers losing Super Bowl Fifty, March twenty third. Let me know when you guys are done with this. I'll be back. All right, yeah. HB two was signed March twenty third, and that's where all the controversy begins. Yes, and then you know. March 29th, New York started banning you know, some government travel to North Carolina. Because Albany's of the bill. not allowed to come play Duke exactly. because of Governor Andrew Cuomo's yes. decisions. You know, you've, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, let me look at this. Oh, Bruce Springsteen canceled. Dang, that sucks. I, UNC not... lost to Villanova. At least Beyonce That's... didn't cancel. Gosh, Beyonce canceled. That'd been awful. Uh, April 27th was an NCAA issued statements banning North Carolina from hosting NCAA tournaments. Um, and July 21st, that's when it, the NBA withdrew the 2017 All-Star game from Charlotte. Um, and then you've got this stuff going on in Charlotte right now. I've got some friends in UNC Charlotte, and I'm honestly a little worried well, about them. I mean, let's take – that has nothing to do with politics, but there's some serious stuff going on. That has nothing on. to do with sports either, and, and there is. And, and the state of the world is almost to the point that we're looking at a similar atmosphere that – the United States endured during the Cold War where everybody is on edge and angst and this time there's an added level to it because everything is striking so close to home. I would implore everyone who is a listener of this podcast to please understand that there is there are escape routes. You you can forget at least for a few moments about the turmoils that go on in 
day-to-day American life. And personally, the way I would implore you to do so is enjoy a sporting event. And, and in fact, I'd go a step beyond that. Enjoy a sporting event at a lower level for the reason being high school athletics and even lower collegiate athletics, you get to understand the unbridled thrill of victory and agony of defeat, raw passion, emotion, and truly laying everything out on the line night in, night out. That, that is something that has been an American ideal since the institution of sports at a higher level, since, since they became a viable career option for any person who has the athletic ability. And I would implore you to keep in mind that as best we can, athletics in this country has been a source of pride, has been a source of unity. heroes, unity, a place where heroes are made and a place where you can enjoy unbridled passion for your team. I know both of you gentlemen are diehard Carolina Panther fans. You have been there through the 2-14 and 14 years to the Super Bowl years. You know that I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. You know that I was right there when they were in the NFC Championship game, and I've been there even though they haven't made the playoffs recently. That type of passion cannot be replicated anywhere else, and it is a freeing feeling when you have the turmoil going on in the United States around you. Athletics can be an escape, and and I think you're going to see it used as that here. Just as many people rallied around the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team that ended up winning a gold medal in Lake Placid, I think that people are going to find their athletic franchises, their sports teams, and that is going to be an escape. And I would encourage everybody as best you can to keep sports pure because that that's what it is meant to be. That's what it was years ago, and I think that's the purest form of athletic spirit that you can see. You know, I, I like I like where you're going with that. I think it does sports gives a sense of unity, a sense of pride, and I think that recently with all the uh, things that have been going on in the uh, in politics, that sports team major major sports teams uh, NFL teams have been uh, unifying together and showing that they're you know together thick and thin, and it's a great uh, thing to see. You know, with uh, the these two, the first two weeks of the NFL season, you know, everyone's holding out the flag, you know, uh, it, it's an exhilarating feeling, but I just hope that with these recent bans uh, against North Carolina, that hopefully something will be done about it. Well, Can it, we cheer up now? Well, it, it has been an honor, it has been an honor to be able to discuss this, and the reason we're allowed to discuss this is because it does impact North Carolina athletics directly, but to narrow the discussion and perhaps even end it on a high note, if you will, the North Carolina State basketball team released schedule came their out. schedule. Exactly. Going forward, you know, we know who we're beating. Who's the host of the show? Yeah, Maverick Barry. Rowan's printing the uh, t-shirts already, I'm well, pretty sure. Well, I, I know there's a I'm lot moving, of optimism. I'm moving it along. It's past my bedtime. I know there's a lot of optimism surrounding NC State basketball right now. Rightfully so. Non-conference schedule uh, comes out. Uh, ACC schedule comes out. Gentlemen, your thoughts on NC State's opponents coming up. Is there a lot of... Uh, I mean, to, I NC mean, State is preseason ranked 23rd. There's no that's, reason to that's believe just that they're in going one, to lose that's a, a That's in one poll. I don't think NC State's getting a lot of national attention, which is good for me. That's good. I I, I want to see us prove it on the court, and I think we will prove it on the court. And um, I, I, I think in the, the players on the team and the coaches on the staff believe in themselves. That's more important than any what any media writer or any coach will have to say in any poll. So I – I don't think there's a whole lot of preseason hype, which is kind of surprising if you look at the roster. Well, but we'll we'll see. The schedule, the, the non-conference schedule, is 
favorable, to say the least. Mark Godfrey looks like he's been spending a lot of time in scheduling class with Dave Doran. And Ooh. so, it, it, you know, it, it, sets up for, it sets up for a nice start. And the guys can, can mesh together and, you know, figure out, figure out how everybody wants to play together. And so that, that, that's helpful. Honestly, going into their schedule, I, I agree with Ethan that I think their non-conference is a little soft. I mean, they have a nice test at Illinois, and they're going to um, be traveling to the Virgin Islands for uh, a good challenge. I'm sorry, is that that's, the ACC Big Ten challenge? Yes. Yes, I think that'll Illinois, be good. Illinois. 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 Oh, Illinois. Is, yes, Par- that's what I meant. Illinois Paradise is Champ. not very And they're playing uh, Creighton or Washington State. You know, I know Creighton is a dark horse. Creighton and on is most, supposed to be a, a pretty decent team. The same thing with NC State. Honestly, NC State could go in undefeated, if you ask me, yep. into Chapel Hill on uh, Saturday, There's January no doubt that 7th, that could if you happen. ask me. I mean, at worst, I think it's a 12-1 and losing to Miami, but I honestly think NC State could go into North Carolina being ranked in the top 20. And I don't disagree with that. I think it is a good team that – a good thing, pardon, that this team is – to some degree, flying under the radar, and I think a lot of that went to the tanking effort that was last season. For Mark Godfrey, he's going to have no issue putting that in the back of his mind. This is certainly, in the preseason at least, is a basketball team that should be making the NCAA tournament oh, as as a six seed or better, perhaps a four seed or better in any of the divisions in the NCAA tournament. Is it concerning, though, that NC State probably isn't going to get thoroughly tested in the non-conference when the yes. ACC hits so hard? Yes, it is. The One of Gottfried's trademarks has been his tough non-conference schedule. We've paid the price a few times. We've had some close calls. We've even had some losses. First game that comes to mind is Wofford um, a couple of years ago. Thank you, Carl Hess. Anyway, um, yes, it is concerning. Obviously, we don't know a whole lot about these teams because, let's be honest, None of us really keep up with mid-major basketball. These teams could be pretty good. Um, we honestly have no clue. It's a little concerning to me that there's only one road game and there's only one Power 5 game scheduled. Um, so, yes, I'm a little worried. But at the same time, I think we, we'll, we, we will be able to figure it out. Honestly, Drew, dang it, sorry. I meant Ethan. This schedule screams deep run NCAA tournament. If you ask me now, 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 right. hold, hold that thought. I see this team going in, handling UNC. I, I think I think they beat them in Chapel Hill. And I hold up. I know I know you're itching. All right, but listen, I, I see this team going in, defeating UNC, losing a couple of. Big games: Duke, Louisville, Syracuse, Miami. They could lose. They could go zero and four in that stretch. Oh, they've wow. got no- they've got Notre Dame after that. But I see them gaining a lot of momentum going into the ACC tournament. As De- conference teams have at- always done. As conference teams always done. Not really. Yes. Are you kidding I mean, me? They de- oh, Pitt. brother! Here I we mean- go again. All right, but that, I mean, if you ask me, going deep, I'm saying semifinal or final or bust. If you ask, are you me. talking about final four or ACC tournament? ACC tournament. Yeah, but oh, if we don't, I, make I the definitely see, hold up. I see this team making a deep ACC tournament run and then going to the NCAA tournament as you know a f- five or possibly even a four. Yeah, seed. five seeds are scary though because the five twelve upset. Five twelve upset. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying maybe a four or a six then. You know, I, 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 
I definitely see State making some noise at the end of the year. Maybe start getting off to a fast start, slipping up a little bit, finishing up with a hot start. To not make the semifinals in the ACC tournament, to me, would be a disappointment. And to me, I think we should make the finals. Obviously, it depends on how the seating all turns out. There's no way to know how that's going to happen because that is five, six months away. But if we are able – Gottfried has gotten to the ACC semifinals and he has gotten to the Sweet 16 – for me, this is the year he needs to get over the hump in both of those categories. He needs to get past the ACC semifinals, and he needs to get past the Sweet 16. And in my opinion, he's got the team to do it. And um, going back to the schedule, you know, the, the non-conference, it's, the RPI is not going to look great. But, I mean, honestly, if you're 13-0, and 0, you know, at, yeah, the, at the end of the non-conference. Wins, wins are wins, and if when you're, you're able not, to collect them in bunches, it's always impactful. When you're on the bubble, as we have been in previous years, the schedule's obviously a huge thing. If this team is on the bubble, I will be very concerned, first and foremost. And so that's why the schedule shouldn't be so much of an issue. Um, but yeah, and there's obviously plenty of opportunities in the AC to pick, ACC to pick up non-conference or not not non-conference wins, quality victories. Yes, there are. This is a basketball team for me that the ceiling is the limit. This is a team on the paper, the, the ceiling c- is the limit. A national championship is the limit. I mean, Oh, then you, the ceiling is a national championship. That's what you mean to say. Who is the host of the show? I'm, I'm just saying the ceiling wait. The ceiling is the limit. Kidding. Come on. Well, forget semantics aside. I mean, I going all the way to the top is the limit for this basketball team on paper. On paper, I completely agree. This is one of those this is one of those basketball teams that could be very very special if handled the right way. And and I want to wrap up the show with this and, and talking just ever so briefly about this. I have always believed that when NC State got a tie or a physical symbolism back to their roots, the 74 national title and the 83 national title, when they were able to recognize the NC State greats than more with just a banner and memories, that maybe there would be enough inspiration with the current team to be able to do something special. And lo and behold, the new Reynolds Coliseum, gorgeous facility. I highly encourage you to visit if you get the chance. Coach's Corner has statues of Everett Case, and they look beautiful. Not, they do. Everett Case, Norm Sloan, national championship coach, 1974. Kay Yao, one of the all-time winningest coaches in women's basketball history, and Jim Valvano. And this is the first. This is the first tangible evidence of a tie to Jim Valvano, his own statue. The first recognition by the university of his greatness, other than a banner. Since 1987, when he was released, um, I I don't know why that would have anything to do with the team that steps on the floor. Basically, to me, it sounds like you're saying we're cursed, and I've heard you talk about this before. You don't think we're going to do anything until Jim Valvano is properly honored. So now you got your wish; he has been properly honored, and I, I will still reserve. Ooh, that would I, be nice. I will still reserve a ton of optimism because. Drew, this, does, this is, Drew is not a Mark Gottfried fan for anybody out there. He is not. Well, I believe that there are shortcomings of Mark Gottfried in his basketball strategy. There's that's, shortcomings that's, of every coach. That's a discussion for another day as we are running out of precious time here and we do have a couple of orders of business to take care of. Honestly, I get caught watching Dennis Smith highlights about 
uh, I have to get at least two hours a day in, I think. Yeah. And I watch a little bit of Omer and then oh, Abu. Brother, I just get really hype, and it makes me cry a little bit. But honestly, same. It, it's going to be a great year, Drew. Um, I see this team doing well, knocking off some big teams, knocking off a Duke, maybe a UNC. I want to see us go into Cameron Indoor Stadium and win for the first time since the 80s. That would Well, be- and, and you had talked about there could be seven NBA first-round picks oh, on the gosh. floor that night. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll for be sure. tremendous. That is going to wrap up our Bigiania analysis. Being the number one. <laughs> that is going to wrap up our Chris analysis. Chris Sorry. <laughs> are, are we finished naming the NC State basketball roster now, gentlemen? Yeah. Maverick Rowe. I'll just go ahead and issue the apology for the hour you've just listened to. There has been a concerted lack of order in this show, and we promise I'm tired. that we, we'll be right back up to snuff by the time the next howler rolls around. Guys, normally this is reserved for predictions, However, not a whole lot going on this week. No. There, well, That's my prediction. All right, moving on, Drew. <laughs> not a football game. Soccer games are hit or miss. So instead of doing predictions this week, is there any specific team or athlete that you'd like to give a shout-out to? This is something that Chris Lehman had installed in the show last year. Is there anybody that you want to give props to or say something about? You know what? I'll go with... Thinking. Ah, my two guys in my uh, communication uh, 230 class, my intro to comm theory, Shane Shepard and Maverick Rowan sit near me. Shout out to my boys. Just random shout out? Is that random right? shout out. They're not even going to listen to this. Shout out. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay, club, okay, club bas- women's club basketball team, my friend Caroline Moody. Shout out. All right, Ethan, what you got? Uh, oh, Jalen Samuels and Dennis Smith because they are awesome. Um. Mookie Betts because he's the American League MVP. And and has zero ties to NC State. Jalen McClendon will be my special shout-out. Guy got beat out for the starting job when everybody thought he was going to be a starter. Somebody came, Finley came in, beat him out. Jalen McClendon could have sat on the bench and sulked. He did not. He had his number called against Old Dominion, came in and delivered with three touchdowns on three plays. Impressive performance by Jalen McClendon. There's no denying that. I'm going to have a little bit of a laundry list of shout-outs, the first of which goes to athletes that we have neglected to talk about on this show, hopefully because we're going to be able to secure them for an interview, specifically one, and that would be the North Carolina State Olympians, most notably Ryan Held, gold medal winner. Awesome moment at Carter Finley the other day when they were all recognized. Indeed it was. No no doubt about it. Don't get me started on some swimming, boys. And it's not just relegated to American athletes either. A couple of swimmers from Denmark, a rifleman from America. Simona Phyllis, so, Anton Ibsen. Exactly. Soren Dahl. Soren Dahl's oh. in my class. Shout out, Soren. Well, it, it has been fun to see that NC State is making an athletic impact not only on a conference and state scale, but also on an international scale. That's been fun. And the other guy I think that is not getting all the credit he deserves is Ryan Finley, the quarterback. We've talked a lot about his supporting cast. We've talked a lot about the guys around him, Matt Days and Jalen Samuels specifically, and and rightfully so. Jalen Samuels. Ryan Finley has not thrown an interception yet. Continue. Oh, knock on wood. 
Guys, it really has been a lot of fun. I'm not so sure when the next time that we'll all three will be together will be, but it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Drew. It's always a blast getting the crew together. Thank you. I'm going to bed. <laughs> it's been a late night. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Howler. For the rest of the crew, Nick Sinopoli and Ethan Berry, our producer is Logan Sims. Our executive producer is BJ Atarian. I'm Drew Blevins. Thank you so much for joining us. You've just been given the state of Wolfpack Athletics. We hope you enjoyed The Howler. Join us next week. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Pack TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.